0: Welcome back to the Fix the Money podcast. I'm sitting here with Yoni Appelberg. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yoni Appelberg, that's perfect, Nico. It's very good to see you, Yoni. It's good to see you as well. We're sitting here in person in Prague in the hotel lobby at BTC Prague. How do you find
1: the the event so far? Stimulating, exhausting, a lot of fun, very productive. You brought your new book? I did. Abundance
0: Through Scarcity. And you're you're, you're basically spending like half your days just signing books,
1: right? I've done two long signing sessions so far. I have my third one today. This has been a busy event for me. I've done uh, two keynotes. One on uh, Bitcoin and psychedelics. One on Not Your Keys, Not Your Coins. And I've done uh, one interview and this podcast, Of obviously. Uh, what else have I done? Yeah, one panel. It's been a lot of fun. But you know what's been most meaningful? Meeting all these cool people. Yeah. Like it's, I had, like somebody said, when, w- wherever you go, if you announce that you are a Bitcoiner, you instantly have friends when encountering other other Bitcoiners. It's, it's such, it's the, it's the best uh, social glue I have ever had,
0: had in my life. Absolutely. It's, it's actually something that I've been, I've been actually writing about, like Bitcoin as a social network. Um, yeah. Because you just, and, and, my theory is, is simple. It's you have already, you have shared values, right? Mm, mm. And, and other things like even your political leanings or your, 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 your nationality, your background, your language, they, they take second, second place to having this base
1: value of Bitcoin and, and what it entails. Bitcoin has as many use cases as it has users. Like Bitcoin can even be a dating app. I mean, it can be anything that you want it to be, basically. Uh, because it's it's such a versatile tool well yeah it, had, it it also has the same the same male to female ratio as any other dating app <laughs> <laughs> yes it does um what is it how, how many users do we have potentially 8 or 9 billion by now or are we approaching 10 billion potentially 10 billion users Oh, oh, I mean, like, I'm talking about the world population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how many are we now? Is it? I
0: think it's. But we will we, we'll, we'll peak out at nine point five or something, and then we'd go down. Actually, you think so? Yeah, that, that's the projections. That's 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 the whole. That's that's gonna be the death nail in of the inflationary monetary system because because mm-hmm. if you need one thing for an inflationary monetary system, you need population expansion. If you have a, a shrinking population, you can the inflationary monetary system really doesn't work anymore.
1: Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, you know, some people argue that we have an overpopulation problem. Um, I I agree to some extent because uh, some overpopulation strains resources and it becomes crowded and, and so on, but that's not, that's not the core issue. Uh, we have a uh, We might have a slight overpopulation problem, but we have an even bigger underpopulation problem. Uh, We need more human beings to uh, propel ourselves forward as as a civil... Sorry. sorry. As a civilization. Uh, And in every society that has ever collapsed, it always... It always ends up with a diminishing population. Right? That, that is the nail exactly. in the coffin. And I've seen different projections, like uh, that we might peak out at twelve billion or so. You know, there are so many aspects to this uh, to this issue uh, that I find fascinating. Like, like is there a possibility that we could expand the human civilization? Um, to infinity, like if we become a multiplanetary species, what would that mean for the human population? Or how many can this planet sustain? Like we 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 can make projections, but we have never been there. We have never had that experience as a species. But like as I talk about it in my book like we can we can uh, if we want to talk about the book we could uh, start from the beginning i would probably. start with
0: the I would start with the title sure, abundance okay. through
1: scarcity so you're putting you're basically
0: putting two big words in the title yes. that many people won't even understand,
1: okay, yeah, yeah, well, I mean quite as wood, but you yes. know like yeah yeah, so abundance through scarcity basically refers to uh, i want to end on a positive note in this book uh, because it's it's basically uh, an emotional carousel. It takes you through the decline of civilization and, and argues quite well, I would say, that we are in a current state of decline, looking at uh, diminishing populations across the big economies and so on. We're below replacement rate in all the big economies. And this... this except France. Except France, okay, yeah. Um, and this is, a, this is a problem. Like, it's, it's not a trivial problem. But then I look at the uh the solution which i argue is bitcoin and i look at how we how we excel as a civilization how we move how we uh propel ourselves forward and that has always been by undertaking grand really difficult challenges one such challenge is mastering energy Like If we look at how we have... uh, The story of the human species is basically um, increasing our capability of controlling energy. We began as as much simpler apes than we are now. Like when we were hunter-gatherers, we were biologically the same, but we didn't have much technology yet. But we encountered fire naturally, and eventually we learned to control it that was the first big step in the evolution of our society and then we learned to burn wood to harness the energy locked in the chemical bonds of carbon and eventually we discovered fossil fuels and learned to dis- uh, to harness the uh, the energy in the in the chemical bonds in much more energy dense types of fuels mm mm-hmm. And then we moved on to uh, to harness the energy of atoms, like the energy locked in the uh, uh, the strong uh, this, the strong force of the of the atom. And that is a tremendous leap for for any animal. And we achieved that, and that is uh, that is quite tremendous. So we in we dis- discovered fission. And we learn to harness it in nuclear power. And our next leap forward may be to harness, again, the strong nuclear force, force, but through fusion energy. And when we do, we might have more or less a limitless source of energy. So the story of the human species has been to control, to get better and better at controlling energy. Yeah. And that is one of, the, uh, one of the facets of the human um, the human project, our our collective story as a species of moving forward, going up the kardashev scale then another another great challenge that we have undertaken is curing diseases uh, and pr- uh, postponing death from our humble beginnings when the three biggest killers were. Infections, trauma, childbirth, and um, and also star- starvation. But we basically cured those by becoming rich and discovering antibiotics. And now we find ourselves in, um, and we and we also develop modern medicine. And I would say we are we are uh, peaking at that, um, in in this medical paradigm right now, because we can only um, alleviate the symptoms of the, our, our new biggest, three biggest killers. We cannot cure them. We cannot hardly modify them. And the, our new biggest killers are cardiovascular disease, cancers, and neurodegenerative diseases.
0: Okay, okay let, me, let me just stop you there for a second. Oh, okay, sure. Um, is this also part of the book? Yes, right? yes, okay. yes. I think we have to add that you are a doctor.
1: Sure, sure, I work as a medical doctor We'll probably come to uh, the presentation This is (laughs) more or less still the introduction (laughs) I'm just being lengthy, sorry Uh, So I'll make this argument I'll make this argument um, more briefly So uh, we have we are now entering a new medical paradigm because we can't cure cancer, we can't cure cardiovascular disease, we can't cure neurodegenerative diseases. But even if we could, even if we could cure all cancers, you're still going to die in just two years' time or so from uh, cardiovascular disease instead. Or if you cured all three, you're still going to be so frail at, in old age that you are going to die from attracting, uh, contracting a, a pneumonia or so. So our next medical paradigm will be to... Uh, Make ourselves ageless. We are going to become an ageless species so that we don't have to deal with age related diseases at all. And that is the next, uh, that is the second biggest challenge that humanity has ever taken on curing disease, postponing death. And we are about to enter the next great, the next uh, big phase, uh, stage of that, uh, of that facet of our, of the human project. But
0: I, I mean, when you look at what's happening in the so so-called normie world, or basically in the media and politics, or whatever, n- there's no n- none of this. There's no positive um, perspectives. There's no positive ideas. It's all gloom and doom, and we're all going to die. And, and you, you talked about overpopulation. You know, there's people who think we are, we are too many. Of course, that there's others who look at the birth rates and see that we are actually going to decline anyway. Um, is this just? Is this? I'm asking you because you 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 did the work on on, on civilizations in decline, right? Is this something that just happens at the end of, of of such a cycle that that you basically lose lose all hope, even though there is so much so much to be hopeful for?
1: Yeah, let's come into that in a, in a second. Sorry, I'll keep that question in mind. I just want to finish on the title. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So the, the third biggest challenge that we have undertaken as a species is to go into space. Like imagine being a simple hunter gatherer, looking up at the stars and the moon, and not knowing what, what they are. I mean, that has to be mind blowing, right? Like wondering what these things are, uh, scaling the trees, reaching out for the stars and the moons, not being able to grab them, wondering what they are. We've gone from that to actually setting a foot on, uh, a different st- stellar body, the moon. And we have placed our technology, rowers and such on on distant uh, on distant planets. Our destiny is either in the dust or in the stars. We are, we will either collapse as a civilization and be forever locked or forever trapped in uh, as as simple farmers here on Earth, or we will go in or we will excel and climb the Kardashev scale and. And become a multiplanetary species. So these three big challenges combined is how we progress as a civilization. So the title "Abundance Through Scarcity" means that we can we can achieve uh, a great civilization. We can continue to excel forever, basically and become a Kardashev type 2, type 3 uh, type um, civilization. Could you explain this, Kardashev? Sure, sure, I should do that probably. So uh, the Kardashev scale um, is uh, is a scale devised by a Russian astrophysicist uh, that aims to, um, aims to explain the level of sophistication of... Um, of a civilization or the level of technology that they, ha- that they have achieved by looking at how much energy they control. So a tar- Kardashev type 1 civilization has is planetary. It has full control of the planetary forces. It controls the, the planet's orbits. It controls tectonic plates. It controls uh, volcanoes. It, uh, it uh, can harness all the energy produced within the planet and okay. that reaches the planet. So that's type 1. Uh, we are, uh, and Type Two is uh, a civilization that controls all the energy and all the uh, material in a solar system. So they they basically build um, they build uh, uh, mega structures in their solar system. Mm-hmm. They travel easily between uh, planets and moons. They have colonized every other planet on. Uh, in the solar system. Um, they build giant structures around their star to harness 100% of the energy from their local star, from their host star, uh, a so-called also Dyson sphere. Then there are Kardashev, Kardashev type 3 civilizations and these are god-like entities that roam the uh, galactic space lanes. They control the entire an entire galaxy they harness the, uh, 100% of the energy within a full galaxy uh, we have it's, we cannot even speculate what these kinds of beings would be like and then there are type, the type 4 civilization which controls the entire universe and what uh, are we? we are uh, currently at about 0. 0.6 or 7 because we don't control tectonic no. plates, No, right? no, no. We're, we're yeah. no near clear. And we should also note that this... Okay, so it's a, it's a measly 0.3 to become a full type 1 civilization. But we need to know... Or maybe 0.4. But we need to know th- note that this is a logarithmic scale. So we would mm-hmm. essentially have to um, increase our energy consumption uh, by 10,000 fold in order to become uh, 10,000 fold from where we are now. Uh, to become a uh, type one civilization and, and and I totally get and it 's very, very easy to understand that
0: um, civilization and 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 harnessing energy and using energy is is very closely combined, but it 's also something that right now, with regards to bitcoin and by the way, logarithmic scales is something that bitcoiners will understand, so that's that 's fine um, with regards to bitcoin, we have the energy question all the time, you know, and then of course. I come from Austria but in Germany they're turning off the nuclear reactors now so sad so Um, sad and then and 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 the whole energy question is going basically the only solution that 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 politicians come up with is you have to lose use less which which means regressing which means um, not growing but shrinking Mm, economically yes Yes. yes. Um, how I mean I don't get it
1: why why, what's so hard to get I don't understand I, I firmly believe that this is a product of us being in a decline as a civilization. Our psychology is uh, also declining with the decline of civilization, and we're hardly noticing because it's happening so slowly. Uh, we need to progress. We need to advance. We don't need to go backwards. We don't want to go back to a time that our ancestors fought hard to escape. We don't want to go back to a time where... We performed surgery on each other without anesthetics. We don't want to go back to a time when our, when we sold our children into slavery because we couldn't feed them just so that they couldn't get food. We don't go, want to go back to a time when, when women had to marry, not to starve and die. We don't want to go back to a time that was dirty, poor, uh, and we, we were all sick. We lived in... Um, we had a dramatically short lifespan and we had no of the comforts of the present day world and we had and the technology that we we had was crude we were a simple species with crude tools all ready for extinction but then we managed to surpass that and excel to this extraordinary altitude Um, yeah so still I, I i'm still on the title by the way yeah <laughs> i think we're gonna we're, c- we're c- gonna stay that. on the title oh,
2: for the whole for the
1: whole uh, episode i we, guess we might we might we might
2: fix the money is brought to you by 21 bitcoin the easy way to buy sell save and send bitcoin 21 bitcoin is a bitcoin only app not an exchange there's no distractions there's an individual savings plan very low fees first class personal support and a german bank account based in the austrian alps it's available now throughout europe download now using the code fix the money to get up to 20% off your fees over there on 21bitcoin.app not your keys not your coins you need a hardware wallet signing device check out the bitbox 02 swiss made secure beautiful open source Tour support bitcoin only and an all-around outstanding product use the code fix the money on shiftcrypto.ch to get five percent off that's the BitBox o2 fix the money
1: abundance is when we achieve um a post scarcity society basically and when i mean post scarcity i don't mean that there is not going to be any competition uh there is there's still go- always going to be competition for resources but uh when we reach a post scarcity society, which I define in my book as um, a time and place when we have uh, all our our basic needs met automatically, like people uh, say that um, some people argue for universal basic income, some argue against it because it will it would increase our dependency on the state but looking at like if you 're born in in Sweden or Germany or Austria, you are automatically going to have a level um you're going to be rich automatically by just living in that society you are born into a level four economy and if we could elevate level one two and three to a level four economy that's a sort of universal basic income and if we could elevate uh if we could extend on this scale to uh, to um Imagine a level five economy. The, the, these levels, each level is defined by having things that the, the previous level cannot ever achieve. Like level four is basically defined by we have 12 years of education. We uh, have one or two cars. We have... Uh, we have a lot of variety. We can we can eat basically whatever we want. Yeah. Everybody has uh, at some point in time been on a on an airplane. These are things that are unachievable at level three. Uh, level three, they they go by scooters or bicycles. They uh, have different kinds of beds. They have instead of having an electric toothbrush, they have an analog toothbrush. Um, you know, there there are clear distinctions between these levels, and we can imagine a level five as well. So if we can just elevate all of humanity to level four or even level five, that, that I would consider that a post-scarcity society. But it says abundance through scarcity. Yes, exactly. So we achieve uh, this type of abundance by uh, taking on these really grand challenges. Mastering electricity or energy, uh, mastering our own biology by becoming age-less, an ageless species uh, and... And by becoming a multiplanetary species, going into space and mastering space, colonizing space, and we do that uh, in order to be able to uh, achieve post-scarcity and taking on these grand challenges and advancing ourselves as a civilization. We need money. We need good money, because we need to realize what money is, and money is a fundamental tool of civilization that we need to progress. Um, and we need money to, as a tool to coordinate our resources and our workforce and to cooperate over large distances and over generations. So if money fails, society fails, because we cannot progress without, without good money. And the type of money that we have also largely determines what kind of civilization we are able to build. If we have money that can be inflated easily, it is going to show in society eventually. If we have money that is difficult to inflate and break down, uh, that will also show. Like the examples that I use in, in Abundance Through Scarcity is the Roman Empire, uh, the... 20th century up until now and of course Bitcoin in the future and contrasting these to see what kind of societies they create or what kind of societies we are able to build um, with the type of psychology that these monies uh, produce and the type of architecture and the type of ideas that are born and the type of uh, with the type of um, time horizon that we have with uh, given these uh, types of monies and also how we are able to coordinate and cooperate, so if we look at like how what happened to the Roman Empire, they had the denarius a uh, silver coin, a beautiful silver coin, a hundred percent silver and but they each civilization always faces challenges, right so when a civilization faces challenges, the state if the state can control the money if they can control the money uh, they will they will deflate the money in order to temporarily bolster the economy and their own power Inf- to inflate yes, yes yeah sorry yeah sorry uh, they will inflate yeah they will uh, debase the currency basis yes. yes. They will debase the currency in order to bolster their economy and their own power to control the situation. It's it's a it's a it's a very logical reaction because it yes. eases the pain yes. in the short
0: term yes and and it's something that comes very very handy um, yeah. especially in politics when mm. you have uh, four year five year election cycles yeah.
1: right when you're cornered what are you going to do I mean this is a natural you will do the same thing yes absolutely one hundred percent of yeah. of. Uh, leaders non-leaders everybody would debase the currency in the if it could ha- help you temporarily like the challenges that we face as societies they, they are not they are not trivial like uh war pandemics uh, poverty like these things are here right now and and if you can alleviate the pain or or maybe even uh, uh maybe even um like f- fix some of the problems that is uh, you would op- uh, do it 100% of the times uh, so, so the, the, the example of the
0: Roman of the Roman Empire yes. because what's interesting is that if we can only look at at, at the decline that, that monetary debasement brings mm. if we first have good money right yes you can yes. only debase good yeah, money if, yeah. you, if you start out with bad money um, and, and you see this in in, in um, it's the situation basically in Africa, right, and, and parts of South America where where the money has never been good. Mm. So people don't see we, we, we don't we don't um, see the the negative situation there as an effect of the monetary system because we don't have anything to compare it to. Mm-hmm. But in the right. Roman times, we do. Yeah,
1: exactly. So they faced they faced war. They faced um, several pandemics. They faced. Um, Poverty and, and and natural disasters, and they had all kinds of trouble. So, they began to debase the money, but their technology of debasing their money was basically to issue new, uh, new coins with uh, um, a smaller amount of silver, and that takes time. Yeah, so the Roman Empire was in decline due to these challenges uh, that they were facing over hundreds of years. It took the Roman Empire about 500 years to collapse. So they were in decline for centuries before they actually collapsed. They collapsed in; they, they were in decline from about year fifty before um, fifty um, uh, before the Common Era, and declined, uh, and collapsed officially in the year four seventy six. And and nobody really, like, no single generation really understood that they were in a in, in an decline. ongoing collapse like because it happens so slowly so what each generation might notice is that they have a little like a little worse food and uh, maybe a smaller house than the previous generation and like what what are we seeing right here right now in our civilization like millennials are having fewer children they are not they don't have beach houses they live in smaller apartments they lease their cars if they even have one like if you compare that to how we lived in the fifties, when you, at the age of like twenty-five or thirty, could have two, three kids, a car, go on vacation one, once a year, uh, save up for a rainy day, eat quite well, have a have a nice house and possibly a beach house, sometimes on one income. Now you need two incomes to to rent an apartment to live in the city, and you don't you have a pet and you have some house You don't have the same kinds of. Uh, but this is all relative because we also have to see that the economy has progressed by 50 years as well. And technology. And, the technology. and, and technology. technology. So I, yes. I
0: totally get what you're saying. Yes. Absolutely. Um, there is a decline. And I think that you can feel and see this decline. And that people... Um, and, and we talk about this, right? We mm. talk about how young people cannot afford uh, houses anymore. Yes. And and, yeah. and so th- this, has hap- this has already reached um, the mainstream. But it's... I, I wouldn't even, like, say that that our life, as I, so I'm 40 now, right? Is my is my life worse than my parents' life even though they had maybe, you know, they're easier, they, they get e- credit, they
1: could buy a house, yes? Your but life doesn't have to be worse. in Yeah, order for, I mean, for I,
0: I, I, my life is is actually probably better. Yes, um, it's, uh,
1: most likely it's a lot better than the previous generation. But that doesn't mean that you're not poorer.
0: But no, it's true. I, I, it's true because there is techno- technological deflation. Without technological deflation, mm-hmm. um, it, it would, we b- would already be done basically, yeah
1: yeah. yeah. You have a smaller and smaller claim on the overall economy that is what's, uh, that is what happens. That's when you... a very good way to put
0: it. Yeah. So the, because I have a very, very small claim, and Jeff Bezos has a very, very big claim, and then yeah. that's basically yeah, that yeah, is that's... a
1: product of uh, of the fiat system, yeah, like, absolutely. like uh, people sometimes criticize the Gini coefficient of Bitcoin, which is just how, how it is distributed, like it, it's, it begins in the hands of a few, yeah. But the thing is, Bitcoin starts with a nasty Gini coefficient. Like, it starts in the hands of the few. And it only gets better. And it only get, gets better over time because people spend money in an, in an absolutely scarce economy with, the, with only 21 million coins. Well, four or five million of those are lost forever. Dead pixels in the vast ocean of cyberspace will never be found. So the, the, the existing the Bitcoin economy will consist of 16 or 17 million coins or fewer and you own a fixed percentage of that a fixed percentage which means that that fixed percentage will one day grant you tremendous purchasing power um so like right now owning just 0.1 bitcoins is going to be astonishingly rare at one point in time because we are going to be spending our our coins but it contrasting that with the fiat system which is distributed at the start but over time, it yeah. ends up in the hands of the few. It gets so, concentrated. Exactly. It gets concentrated. And now concentrate we see the concentration
0: the not only of wealth... Yeah. Now, now they also constant with, with like central bank digital currencies. They're yes. trying to concentrate the whole system yep. into one big. Did you actually, did you know that, um, point five of the communist manifesto is there is only one central bank and like there's only one bank for the whole country? Wow. Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. 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 I like to cite that because, because it, it, it's really, it's literally where we're going. Yeah. We, I, yeah. I have this slide in my presentations with like, you know, these centralized, Decentralized, distributed. Mm. These, you know, how the dots yes. are connected, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we talk about having a centralized system now, but actually our system is not that centralized. It's more decentralized. We still have banks who are yes. involved, right? Um, and and the Bitcoin is not actually decentralized; it's distributed. Yes. Everybody is involved, yes. right? And and the, the real centralization would happen if there was only one bank, you know, ruling them all, Soviet style. It's it's, it's absolutely fascinating to me that even you know after. The only thing that really connects all types of of regimes, be be it be it um, African, South Americans, be it your know, communist, fascist, Nazis, they all have central banks. Mm, yes, <laughs> that's yes, the one yes. thing they all have. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so, I I think I know where we're getting at the scarcity part of the
1: abundance. Yes, that's in Bitcoin. Yes, that is in Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. So. We we now in the fiat system we have technology uh, that is a lot better than the Romans had to deflate our currency. Right? They it took them hundreds of years to get to the uh, denari- denarius. Of debase, just debase. What am I saying? Deflate. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> it's still uh, for for, your, for for the listeners. It's still very early. Yeah. You can probably hear that on my voice as well. Well, um, so yeah, to debase the, the denarius, uh, it took hundreds of years. we can do to our currency what they did to their currency in just a few decades yeah like we can in our current monetary system money is created out of thin air in any amount at any point in time by the push of a button and we have never had this technology before and it is an economic experiment holding the entire uh, human population as financial hostages and this is this is a dangerous experiment that we are conducting um I don't want to attribute this to malice, more to incompetence. do you think
0: that and i wouldn't I wouldn't say it's malice as, as well mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's a, it's a, product a pro- of the system. it's a progress at some point in time it, it, it's a, We didn't have bitcoin basically we didn't yes, have a technology exactly. that 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 would be good enough to have but do you think that the people that are acting in these institutions
1: today have any idea that this is happening? very few of them because they are schooled in this system uh, i think they have i think some have blindfolds on i think they may be realizing what's going on um i think that some people are aware uh, but they don't see another solution and i think a lot of them have uh, a very high time preference they have a short time horizon and they see that this is reality like that is a common argument like yeah so what you have this uh, dream about a post post-scar- post scarcity society but this is reality no it's not reality this is uh, this is something that we've created and and i mean society is made by by people like you and me it wasn't made by wasn't created by gods unless you consider human beings gods and that's that means that we can change it we can we can reshape society we have that power but Waking up to actually see that and not just um, surrendering and not just accepting that this is reality, I I think that's weak. I think that we should realize that we might be on the wrong trajectory with the fiat system and actually wake up from that psychosis and start to rebuild and do things correctly. And and we, we were so lucky now and now we come to the scarcity of the part of the title. Soon we have explained the title so that we can actually go into the book.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think we're doing great. I think I we're think doing so great. Too. Yes, yes. You, know, you know, this reminds me a lot of um, this, this brilliant chef uh, Booth quote, right? Mm. Yeah, do you know which one I mean? So he it said... he says tomorrow. Uh, well, I don't know if it's in the book, but one of his quotes that stuck with me is he said that... Um, Abundance in money leads
1: to scarcity in everything yes. and, scarce, and, and scarcity in money leads to abundance of everything. I think I quote him in, in my book. I know that I've had that quote in my notes. I'm not sure if I ended up in, uh, including it or not. I know I've been killing a lot of darlings making this book so I'm not sure. But but yeah, I'm I have absolutely this familiar pic- with I it. I have this picture of like, um,
0: you know, Romans sitting in their tunicas doing podcasts about the decline <laughs> of the Roman Empire.
1: <laughs> uh, in, 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 I don't know. Six hundred something. And now you're doing something very interesting, Nico. You are actually picturing what it was like to be a Roman, and a few people do because th- this was this was two thousand years ago. So it's so distant that it's difficult to imagine what it was like to live in that time. Like it, it you have to have an exceptional empathy and imagination to actually put in to put yourself in their clothes and to realize what it was like to live through that time. And I think that's a beautiful thing that historians are able to do. Like being an historian, that's an incredible profession uh, because a lot of historians are able to go to travel back in time using their time. We're all born with time machines in our heads. We can go to the future. We can go to the past with our minds and being and training that time machine. I think that is, uh, that is a good thing to do. Uh, So actual pictures, picturing what it was like to be in the Roman empire. I think that uh, helps you understand where we are today. Um, so, yeah, uh, sh- should we go into the scarcity bit? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Sure. So, so maybe, maybe to queue
0: up, queue up there, because yep. it's also something I talk about a lot, is the idea of having a hard money system. Mm, mm. And we, we, I mean, we, have, we have approached this, especially in, in, in after the war in, in, in Germany, you know, you had a very hard money. Yes, yes. Compared to other fears, right? Yeah. But thinking about what's happening in in, in Southeast Asia, what's happening in Africa and South America, you know, um, saying that these people, that the people that live there are in any shape or form not as well equipped to, to, to improve their lives as we are, Is total arrogance. Yes, it Uh, is. Of course, they are the same humans, right? So, so they would have the same the same base to start from if their systems would work better. And if I was living, like if 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 the two of us we were living on a on a a, you know we we crash with a plane and we, we land on an island, right? We would be able to to like make our lives a little bit better every day, right? If we just keep the work up. Um, But the money, of course, if the money is bad, stands in the way. And and that's why I think we need to fix the money. And that's why I want to know um,
1: your opinion on that. Yes. So we live in a time when something quite spectacular has happened. Satoshi, whoever Satoshi is, made a discovery. And that discovery was absolute mathematical scarcity. And that discovery is... I mean, f- until you actually study wh- what it means and what it is, uh, it may sound trivial, but this is one of the greatest discoveries in the history of our species. It is a new fundamental property of the universe akin to discovering um, mathematics. Um, well, this is an aspect of mathematics, actually. Like, so the universe is written in the code of mathematics. Like, If we zoom in at fundamental particles to see what they consist of. Everything that is uh, physical starts to disappear. And what remains is only mathematics. So how things become physical is, it's the greatest trick of the universe. Like how did that happen? How does, how does uh, something physical, how is uh, like a chair, a rose, a human being, how is that, how does the ethereal mathematics manifest as something physical? We have no idea, uh, but if we zoom in, we see that there's mostly just quantum fluctuations resulting in particles. But there's nothing there, and that is that that is really uh, scary. C- could you could could you explain the concept of of absolute scarcity? I can try. Um, sure. Like, if we look back. Uh, ...at the history of mathematics... ...we had the numerals... ...one through nine... Uh, ...for thousands of years... ...before we discovered zero... ...and discovering zero... ...was... ...because we, it was so, such a difficult concept... concept to, uh, ...to conceive of... It, ...so it took, took mathematis- mathematicians... thousands of years... ...to conceive the zero... ...but when the zero was discovered... Um, ...it was a portal... To entirely new kinds of mathematics, like the negative numbers, the imaginary numbers, uh, and all the kinds of mathematics that we have needed now to create modern medicine and land people on the moon. It's, uh, when we discovered mathematics, or when we discovered zero, we still couldn't use it practically. We, um, it, it remained in uh, the cabinet of mathematical curiosities for centuries I think like something like 600 years before an Indian mathematician named Brahmagupta actually found a way to use zero in multiplication uh, addition subtraction and division so he developed a system for that and then civilization just exploded um, and imagining zero like conceiving a zero was really difficult for the human mind now we take it for granted. But, and, and, and conceiving or, or understanding absolute scarcity is, is, not, is even more difficult. I would say that uh, truly understanding absolute scarcity is not on par with zero, but on par with understanding infinity in time and space or, or nothingness. Like, tr- imagining space as infinite... Uh, it's it's very difficult for the human mind like if space is physically limited that is very terrifying but if it's infinite that's also terrifying uh, if space is limited in time that's scary for some reason like did it, it had a beginning or is it going to continue forever uh, or is it has it existed always like these concepts are real, r- very difficult to understand, and absolute scarcity is, is also difficult to understand. Uh, something when something exists in, uh, in, in absolute scarcity, it is, it is, it is akin to. Uh, you, you, we o- often contrast, uh, like saying how zero is very similar to infinity in, in a sense; they're each other's opposites. They are each other's mirror images but actually it's, it's not zero it's uh, absolute scarcity in a sense and now we have this uh, absolute scarcity absolute mathematical scarcity as a new fundamental property of the universe and we have been able to to harness it like we harness all kinds of mathematics to create technology so Satoshi leveraged this discovery to uh, Create and deploy the Bitcoin network. Like, what Bitcoin is at its core is f- fundamental uh, is absolute mathematical scarcity.
0: And, it and me- it's, it's absolute scarcity because we can we can say with absolute certainty how many Bitcoin there are and how many Bitcoin there will ever be.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And that's and I think it's important to to understand this because because we cannot say any we
1: cannot count. Anything else? This is the only thing in the universe we can like, count. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> like there are a few things in in the universe that are absolutely scarce. Like you could argue that human time is absolutely scarce, but it's not. Like we we don't know that it is right now. Like you and I are, I'm not sure about it, but you and I could die in a uh, uh, in late age. Uh, like when we're old. Yeah, uh, but well. but we 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 might be the first generation to experience agelessness because these technologies are are um they're coming. Uh, well, they're, I, I
0: I think this is that, that would be a whole new part. But I I even if we if we just go very very um simply into this into this agelessness thing, right? Yeah, then yeah. we also that's what you're saying right if, if if everything else is infinite
1: yeah yeah we need something that scares yeah. in order to coordinate ourselves you are not going to exist uh, you're probably not going to exist forever but we don't know what it means if we if we somehow learn to uh, decode our our uh, our uh, genes and our consciousness our memories and and put that in cyberspace like if we can digitize the mind uh, at some point in the future. We don't know what that means for for uh, longevity. Like, we could maybe live forever. We, yeah, we I don't, don't know. I, I so, don't know
0: if, if if I want my mind to be hanging
1: around in no, some computer forever. No, no, we forever. don't know that, but <laughs> we're talking about what's possible here. We don't know, like, what happens after we die. We could already be eternal beings. We have no idea what happens.
0: Well, I can yeah. tell you that it, in a very, very small way, what I do, you know... My kids will be able to at least, you know, listen to all the podcasts that I yes, ever recorded, yes. and it's like they're sitting, they're sitting next to me. And that's one aspect of immortality. And e- and even if you, if if so, so my 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 uncle, he was a radio journalist, right? Mm. But I still can't listen to his stuff because I would have to go to the archive, the yeah, yeah, centralized yeah, yeah. archive, and get it get it out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's difficult to say about human time whether it's infinite or finite. Uh, but it seems like it it could be. Uh, finite Um, but we don't know for sure then there's the third thing that could be absolutely scarce and that is matter in the universe but we have no idea if a Kardashev type 4 civilization or a Kardashev type 5 civilization which would be then Kardashev type 4 civilization those are the ones that control the entire universe a type 5 civilization would control the multiverse Uh, so such a civilization like can they can they create new matter out of out of quantum fluctuations like in their programs that they use to create new universes? Like we don't know if matter is truly limited, we don't know, and but we do know that Bitcoin is truly limited.
0: Uh, but what if there is a, what if there is a type five, you know, civilization? I mean, wouldn't they wouldn't they already be past Bitcoin?
1: Yes, they would. Uh, we would be past Bitcoin if we excel beyond a type 1 civilization. Uh, probably. And But the thing is, reaching these other types of, like climbing the Kardashev scale, if we in, um, it's very difficult to say how far we be, will be able to climb. I, I believe that we will be able to climb to a Kardashev type 4 um, civilization eventually. But Advancing from one level to the other takes uh, takes a long time. Like we could reach a Kardashev Type One civilization, maybe in the next thousand or ten thousand years, and to become a Kardashev um, like a, a Kardashev Type Three civilization, that is going to be like a million years from now. Okay, yeah. So let's not look into the future million
0: years. Let's look into the future. 10 years right sure bitcoin yes absolute scarcity yes what what do you think is happening what do you think is going to happen with regards to the centralizing inflating and very very pessimistic normie world as opposed to the dis- distributed deflating or, or disinflating um, extremely optimistic you know world of bitcoin
1: So Bitcoin touches every aspect of every human being's lives and every aspect of society. And it is going to prove every aspect of your life and every aspect of society, whether you like it or not. I cannot, I'm very careful um, making predictions. I'm very careful about making uh, other than general statements. And I'm also very careful about um, saying when things are going to happen because uh, so so that is very difficult so given a 10-year horizon i mean it's it's very difficult to say what is going to happen in the next 10 years but what we can say is that bitcoin fundamentally impacts uh, or even changes your uh your mind bitcoin Mm -hmm. is a great way to change your mind because with uh, money is a mental operating system much like language We use language to perceive the world and to understand the world and not just to communicate. We need words... uh, Language is a um, psychotechnology that we need to conceive of an infinite number of of, uh, topics. And... And if you have one language and I have another one and that language looks at an object differently like... um, In German, it's die brücke. In in, uh, uh, Spanish, it's el puente. So in Spanish, it's masculine. In German, it's feminine. When you ask German and Spanish people to describe a bridge, they will use culturally uh, feminine and masculine uh, uh, adjectives to describe that Mm -hmm. object based on how the language perceives that, that object. It's the same with time. Like uh if you have a linear uh look on uh, on time if you have a circular if it goes forward or backwards like it determines how you see the world and how you uh how you live your life la- la- language is a mental operating system that determines a lot of how you see the world money is also a mental operating system but in contrast in contrast to language money um, determines your time horizon so your time preference so if you have hard money you have, um, you have the psychology to, to be able to look further into the future if you have easy money like fiat money you can only live right here right now and we see a lot of symptoms of that that psychotechnology like a, um, a deterioration of our psychology due to the fiat system consumerism uh, swiping Tinder instead of building families, uh, eating ice cream and, and, uh, and watching Netflix instead of going to the gym and building your body and meditating to build your mind and reading books. Like, these things are, are associated with a fiat mentality. I, do, um, I actually did talk uh,
0: here in Prague and the idea was to talk to, to newbies, right? About the problems within the monetary system, mm. and I have these. I start with two slides, and the first slide is from the 1960s. It's an, from an Austrian bank, and you see like a happy family, um, and it says, and it says like it's a, it's a dad and a kid and a mom, and the dad has like the, the savings book, right? And it says, uh, "Those who save today have more tomorrow." Yes. right? And the second slide is from a is from like Klarna, mm. um, where you see where, where it says. Buy now, pay later, and it's just one dude dancing, right? yeah, yeah. Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
1: it, I think it says everything. YOLO culture, cancel culture, um, confusion. These are fi- th- these are products of the fiat mentality, and but but it's um, it's a bit of a cop out to say that it's just a thing of the f- uh, uh, just a fiat mentality because it, fiat and the decline of civilization go hand in hand. Yep. So the decline of civilization. Um, is more or less a product of the fiat system. And these, these phenomena, they impact our psychology in, in ways that are, can be difficult to see. And this is why a lot of people live in the matrix, because they have not woken up to see that their psychology is affected by the monetary system and by the decline of society. Most people don't even realize that we have a broken monetary system and yeah. that we have a, a society that is in decline um, because things have happened so slowly. And we have degraded very slowly as a species, as a society. Are things picking up speed at the end? Yes, they are, unfortunately, because it's all only toward the end of the decline that people actually begin to notice. Like, we have been in decline since the 70s. The, the 70s was the turning point of our civilization uh, when we began to decline. Like, given that, yes, we have had 50 years of technological and economic progressions since this, uh, progress since then. But uh, that doesn't mean that decline is stopping or that it's not true. The decline is still there. Like, if we had not been a decline, uh, our economy and our technology would have advanced much further than they have now. Uh, so, but toward the end, we could see in every civilization that has collapsed before ours, we have seen that toward the end, they had cancel culture. It was very evident in, in the Roman Empire. They had cancel culture. They had uh, a lot of confusion about... Uh, gender. They have had a lot of confusion about, um, um, well, about all kinds of things, really. Their psychology was diminishing. uh, And toward the end, people were scavenging the streets for food. People were selling their children to slavery because they couldn't feed them. And these are horrific stories. But we, we, we don't want that. We I don't mean, want, we want that. We would want to
0: avoid that, right? I this mean, is
1: when they had been in decline for 450 years. Yeah, but... but, but, but we've we been in the decline for 50 years. But we, can, but we are declining faster. We're declining faster, Because exactly. we have the technology to decline. We're deba- we
0: we we, we debasing quicker. Yes. And tecno- but we also have the technology now to actually realize this. because yes, because, yes. because there are so many people who are realizing yes, it in yes. their own ways. And yeah. Bitcoiners are one of the strongest contingent because we have the money view, right? Yeah. But there are many people who see, for example, the whole Vogue debate right yes. now. I mean, there's, you know, the, the half of YouTube is running on, on anti-Vogue videos mm-hmm. these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. people do get it. Yes, right? people do get
1: it. And we are waking up to these ideas. One reason is that the decline is happening so fast that we are actually noticing. It's still slow. Like, it could be another 300 years before a civilization collapses if we continue down this road. So it's happening slowly. Um, still, it. Um
0: but now that we have Bitcoin, that's, that would be my yep. question. And we also have to get yep. to the end already. So now that yes. we have Bitcoin, we have an alternative. So we can we can already start building
1: a new society. Yes, and Bitcoin is an eye opener. It is. I I argue that Bitcoin is, uh, like maybe the first psychedelic that is not uh, chemical, because it. Exerts the very same effects both on society and on on the individual. It has the same transformative effects on individuals and society as psychedelics do they They expose the flaws of the stories that we tell they expose the flaws in your algorithms in your mind they expose the flaws of um, of the monetary system like we have we 've had this uh, f- this flawed story about the, this harmful and, and untrue story about how the economy needs to work. And we've had it for hundreds of years that we need the state to, control, to issue, to control and distribute money in order for, for money to work and have value for the economy to work. And Bitcoin shows us says, this is not true. We can, uh, Bitcoin is a system that is born independent of the state and it works perfectly fine without the state. So that story was obviously not true. It was never true. It was never true. And the
0: Austrians knew this. Yes, yes. We we, we knew this, but they couldn't prove it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Satoshi helped us prove that by discovering absolute mathematical scarcity. And also inflation is another story. Like the story is that we we need a certain amount of inflation in order to protect the economy against deflation and for the economy to keep on going. But this is also a false story. Uh, Inflation is poison for money. The dollar is dying, everybody knows that uh, it is uh, and we see prices rise in the world. We see uh, the, good, uh, the, the, the price of goods and services are increasing despite uh, the cost of goods and services uh, always approaching the marginal cost of production so over time, goods and services should become cheaper, but they are rising, but not because they are getting more expensive they're actually getting more cheaper, they're, but they are getting more the prices is increasing still because the, the, the money. Yeah, because the money is getting weaker. So the dollar is bleeding value faster than goods and services are getting cheaper. So we see prices rise. And the, the idea that we need inflation is, is also not true because we can absolutely... It might be true for the fiat economy that, they, that the fiat economy needs inflation it, to operate, it to it be does. functional. But, uh, but it's not true for the economy. The economy is bigger than the fiat system. So and now we have uh, a, an econo- a new economic operating system that allows us to uh, not have inflation and it uh, and bitcoin shows us exposes the flaws in these stories that we should need the state or inflation by providing healthy money that the state cannot control and that cannot be inflated
0: it's it's so fascinating to me that an economist that would you know be totally convinced that we need that like inflation right um would be the same person that when he goes shopping he would look for the, the items on sale Mm. Right, to save some money, it's it's it's, and they don't require
1: some mental gymnastics. Yes,
0: it it does require some mental gymnastics. But of course, you know, if you get if you get teach this stuff, and it's and and for economics, for me, it was always, and it will always be, an epic fail of the whole, almost the whole um, uh, group of 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 scientists, um, that they would go. Into this profession, and then just would assume that money is something
1: that comes out of the printing presses of the state, and never, never ask questions. We're all human beings. I don't think there are evil or good people. I think there are circumstances. I think we are, as we uh, grow up, we. We. Uh, design our, our minds, our brains, by, by rewiring our minds and creating algorithms that make us functional in society and that gives us uh, mental progra- programs that allow us to have a profession and to, be, to work in a social setting. And we have all these mental modules, these mental programs, these algorithms that, that just makes us functional. So if you have been in a certain, circ- in a certain set of circumstances... You could turn out to be, become a person that is not compatible with society or not compatible with a better system. Like the fiat economists, uh, I don't think they are evil. I think, no, no, they're, I, I, uh, I think they are people just like you and me, but they have been brought up with a certain set of circumstances. Uh, like I said before, I don't attribute the fiat system to malice but to incompetence
0: and i don't think that they're evil either it's just it's just you you're a doctor right yes so when you when you learn when you learn about the human body you also do learn about the heart and how the heart works right yes so economists of the last 50 50 years with the exception of the austrians and it's the only exception that i know they would learn about the body but they would just instead of the heart there's just like a black box and Mm. and blood goes in and out Mm. but they would never study what's happening in the black box they would just assume assume that um, whatever is happening there is just divine or you know what I mean that's how economists act because when they when you take the dollar or the euro at face value and put it into your economic value uh, economic models Mm. and and what it's clear why they did that. They did that because they wanted to be like the physicists mm. and the mathematicians. So they mm. needed numbers, but numbers are always just an abstraction. Mm. Um, the numbers don't tell us anything really. Mm. Um, they just give us vectors and trends maybe, mm. but you then they put them in models and everything just, you know, it yeah. gets very, very confused.
1: Yeah. Keynesian economics is probably more confusing than it is illuminating. Like when, when you try to study it, it confu- I think it confuses, um, students of uh, economics more than it actually helps them it's it's not really economics it's more like
0: state economics mm. okay yeah right it's 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 a it's a very specific set of rules for a very specific set of system um, basically it's 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 for the 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 goldfish as long as the goldfish is in the fishbowl mm. until somebody just you know comes with a hammer and and destroys the fishbowl and then the goldfish just dies mm. but but let me maybe as a last question um because this is something that I do have on my mind. So in a, in a bi- Bitcoin-based monetary system, which would be the opposite, with absolute scarcity, do we still see um, fluctuations of, of money? Will there still be people you know, um, um, giving out credit in some way um, in order to, 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 to be flexible with, with the monetary system? Do you know where I'm going with this? Sure. Um, I, let me, let me when, when I was a kid... I would play Monopoly. You have played Monopoly, right? Yeah. So Monopoly has a fixed Poorly. money. <laughs> Monopoly has a fixed a fixed money supply, right? Mm. Um, but what we would do as kids is we would start with the fixed money supply, and then everybody would have their houses and, and their hotels and whatever. But we didn't want to stop, right? Mm. So we started writing down the debts, mm. right? And then in the, in the beginning it feels great because everybody gets more money mm. because everybody gets the debt from and then we, should, we move debt from some guy to the other guy. But like after, and then we would write this down and we would play over for like three, four days, the same game. But after like, after like day four, everybody would lose interest because it's, it's, the money is not worth anything anymore. You just move around the numbers. That's mm-hmm. hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. But, but my question is do you think that there is going to be you know, monetary expansion and deflation in, 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 in some sort of system where people still lend out Bitcoin and have, you know, like a credit system?
1: It's very difficult for me to say um, I could pretend that I knew, but I'm not going to uh, to do that because i I am not an economist i'm not going to pretend to be I am um futurologist and i and and a philosopher in this space the What I do is look at the effects of bitcoin on on civilization and and what bitcoin means for for the future of the human civilization uh, i mean if the market, if the market demands it it could happen yeah. i suppose uh, there like, will
0: be experiments
1: it, there will be experiments exactly uh, but like what, what we find what we decide to settle on i have no idea like and i think it like with anything like with any predictions these kinds of things are are notoriously difficult to predict right so i would say that <laughs> As you as you say, there will be experiments, and I have no idea how they're going to work, how they're going to be conducted uh, I'm curious to see so last question
0: and how does bit basically does Bitcoin give you optimism that we can we can manage the, the this time we can manage the decline um, in an orderly way, or is it just going to be Chaos and fight
1: and war and inflation and misery. Very good question. Uh, the whole thing about, like my central thesis in the book is that uh, Bitcoin is the antidote to the, to the decline. Or rather, it, it allows us to weather the decline. Uh, decline doesn't necessarily have to lead to, co- to a collapse. And the reason decline leads to collapse is because the state debases the money. So when, and when the money is broken through, uh, through the basement, we no longer have the tools that we need to coordinate our workforce and, and uh, our resources, and we can no longer cooperate over large distances and over generations. And that only um, exacerbates the, uh, the decline to the point where we reach a singularity crisis, where we can no longer... Uh, use, make use of the resources that we have a singularity crisis is when when we can no longer use our, our resources because mm-hmm. we, we ha- either we don't have access to them or we don't have the, uh, the money to coordinate the resources in an effective way and when that happens the decline becomes unstoppable we can no longer swing the pendulum but With good money, we can swing the pendulum by focusing on uh, difficult challenges, making ourselves an age-laced species, controlling fusion power, going into space. These are the types of challenges that really advances the human civilization. And hard money allows us to do that. So we are going to see declines, but these declines are never going to lead to collapse as long as we have hard money. We could, of course, face... Uh, cataclysms like uh, me- meteoric impacts and so on uh, or maybe our AI overlords take um, just uh, have detrimental impacts on, yeah, on yeah. civilization let's not open
0: the door to AI no. No, let's, not, let's, not, <laughs> let's not
1: let's not let's not go down the road but yeah uh, with Bitcoin we have a, we have a safeguard against uh, the dangers of decline So, in 400 years' time, societies are going to experience declines as well. But these declines are not going to be existential like they have been in the past. We are, uh, and this is the whole idea, that we are now experiencing a very severe decline that in just a few decades or a few hundred years could prove the end of our civilization as we know it. We could go back to our humble beginnings as farmers and be trapped there forever because we have we will no longer be able to to harness the uh the uh, fossil fuels will be no longer because we have used up most of the easily accessible fossil fuels we will be trapped in that time uh, but if we can survive this era uh, and we we have bitcoin then the decline will never go so far as to lead to collapse um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So abundance through scarcity. It is about the importance of Bitcoin for the future of the human civilization. Um, and it it takes you on a journey from the Roman Empire into the future and looking at how uh, what different kinds of money means for the type of civilizations that we can create. It's a perfect way to
0: end, Dione. Sure. Give us where, where can we buy the book? Where can we follow you? Um,
1: where do we find you? I am on Twitter the, under the handle Yoni Appleberg and uh, obviously subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, I think that is where most people know me from. I, I make uh, fun and engaging uh, whiteboard explainer videos about Bitcoin, mostly about the philosophical aspects and I've collaborated quite a bit with the very brilliant Knut Swanholm and Guy Swan. And uh, just have a look there. there's some fantastic content and if you want an orange pill your friend go to my YouTube channel. If you want um, uh, if you want to re-orange pull yourself, go to my channel. It's a vibrant community. Please join. And then uh, my book, you will find it on Amazon. Uh, I think that's the easiest for most yeah. people. Uh, just abundance through scarcity on on Amazon, and it will be shortly out in, in as an ebook and as an audiobook and. Um, and in, uh, in different languages as well. The okay. translations are coming. Excellent. A German translation? Absolutely. 100%. 100%.
0: Great. Ioni, thank you so much for taking the time. This was thank great. You, Nico. Um, I'm looking forward to, to actually reading the book because I'll, I'll admit that I haven't read it yet because it's so fresh. Mm. And um, I hope we, we get to talk soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Nico. Let's have breakfast. Yeah, thank you.
2: For more content, articles, and podcasts like this, go to FixTheMoney.net.